What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> you know, this just a real nigga shit, your real nigga story, you know what I'm saying? This beat is so, so rich. Uh, all right, I, uh, this is my first uh, my first podcast, as uh, as you know, and um, I happen to have my uh, my friend here, Paulie Black, with me today. Paulie Black. Paulie Black. Take it up. Speak on the microphone. Paulie Black. That's you, my friend. Um, uh, what do you do, Paulie? <laughs> Cocaine and hell. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, it's really not a laughing matter. Paul, he was sober for a while, and actually, um, today we're trying to get him back. He's been in the sober house a few times. You know, he's a good guy, and like me. You know, he's had a couple of slip ups, but um, but we're, we're trying to get him back in detox today. And uh, you know, we couldn't get a bed. But we're going to get him in there tomorrow and get him back in my house and get him fucking back on track because we're, we're we're taking this to the moon, Polly. And uh, I need you with me. We should have had your Polly Black shirt on. We should. Can I pause this? We should get the Polly Black shirt, huh? Yeah, yeah. Should I get one, Polly? You want? Yeah. I got one in the truck, right? I'll get Fucking right. Hold on a minute. Oh, the old Polly Black tender shirt. <laughs> That's a gem right there. Are we back rolling? We're rolling. All right, all right. Um, yeah, like I said, I've been on a, I've been on a couple podcasts and um, and they did pretty well. And um, you know, someone gave me the idea that I should probably start my own podcast. And I, I looked at a lot of the podcasts out there, and um, you know, there's a few of them that um, no, they all suck. They're all trash, basically, right, Polly? Yep. What do you think? Polly Black. Polly Black. <laughs> Polly, that's going to be a go-to line now, you know? Just every once in a while, just yell Polly Black. Um, so, yeah, I figured, I, I figured I'd do this and give it a shot. You know, I um, I, uh, I got a lot of stuff going on right now. The social media has been, been uh, it's been growing and um, and a few other things, a few other, uh, a few other things cooking and uh, hopefully, hopefully they are. Uh, <laughs> They take off soon. I can stop making some money off this because obviously that's the goal, right, Paulie? Well, Paulie Black. That's, that's <laughs> it, Paulie. That's it. That's the goal to make some money. So, so um, you know, some people know my story. A lot of people don't. No. It, it's um, it's um, you know, I, I used to think you know, you know, there's a lot of people you know growing up like me, and maybe there was you know when I was younger, but you know now that I get older, I realize you know not everyone, not everyone you know had the had the same type of upbringing as me, and um, and some of the things I, I went through in my life, you know, uh, you know, at a young age, I um, I started getting in trouble with the law, or I um, I started with drugs and alcohol at a young age, and, and immediately. Um, I got locked up, you know, it didn't take long. Um, as a kid, everyone in my neighborhood, well, a lot of kids fought, you know, we all fought and silver mittens and we go to the boxing gym and fight. And um, I learned that, you know, when, when I first went to DYS, my, my first case um, was a very serious case. And um, it was my first arrest and I didn't come home for over a year. And uh, they put me in a place in, uh, in Westfield Detention Center, it was secure treatment. And, um, you know, there was a lot of, um, a lot, but you know, kids are in there for murder and rape, and it was, you know, it was, it was like the worst, the worst of the worst. And this place, it was back then. It was Westfield and um and Rosendale, and and uh, it was in Westfield Secure, and it was a bad place. And um, and I I learned quickly, like on, on Saturdays, they take all the kids down to the gym, 
and the staff, you know, you know, looking back, I realized, you know, they, they, they place wages on it and they, you know, pick kids to fight each other and they just hand you boxing gloves and, um, and have you fight. And, um, I, I did good. I did good in there and, and I always had a pretty good disposition. Um, always laughing, you know, um, I always, you know, it, looking back, you know, I realized it was a gift, you know, I'd always think, well, somebody's got it worse than me. You know what yeah. I mean? I remember being in there on Christmas and, and this kid was there that I actually met before in like a drug rehab. I went to a drug rehab too when I was very young. And, um, I met this kid there and he was from Framingham and I saw him in there and it was Christmas and he was crying, you know, and I was over there like, you know, cheer up, you know? So I always, I always had that thing. Um, so my, my first time locked up, it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where I'm like, Oh, I never want to do that again. You know? And, and I tell this story years later, a girl, a girl I was with, you know, told me, you know, I think you like it in there. And I remember saying, I don't I'm like it. In there. Black. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying, I, I don't like it in there, but it's not a deterrent, you know? Um, so, you know, a lot of my life, um, you know, was, was in a neighborhood and, and, uh, let's say infatuated, not inf well, maybe infatuated, but infested with drugs and, uh, prostitution. There was a lot of, a lot of, you know, this was the early eighties and, and, you know, the kids today, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know what it was like unless they were watching old movies, but they used to be like, you know, this was before <laughs> cell phones and before Craigslist <laughs> and before, you know, um, and there was like, you know, prostitutes walking up and down the street, like, you know, mini skirts and, and, and high heels. And it, it was crazy where I lived, the neighborhood I lived. And I, you know, I used to sell when I was, when I was really young, we used to go in the bars, you know, shine and shoes. Did you ever go in shine and shoes? Yeah. Who'd you shine and shoes with? Frog, you know? Yeah. Cool. We were down three Z's. Yeah. Three Z's. <laughs> yeah. So block. who'd you, who'd you, who'd you uh, shine I used to with? shine by myself with my brother, Tommy and Gene. Yeah. Gene. Oh yeah. Gene. <laughs> the shine box. Gene was, Gene was a shoe shine. His brother. So yeah. You know, the kids, it's just, people think today like shine and shoes. It's, it's insane, but we actually did, you know, and, um, back then when you go in a bar room, a lot of the guys would, would, would wear shoes, you know, leather shoes and wingtips. And, you know, now you don't see it anymore. So we were the last of a dying breed. The, the kids after us didn't shine shoes anymore. That was it. Late, late seventies, early eighties. I know I'm dating myself, but I'm just trying to see as a young kid, I was always hustling. And then I, I used to buy bricks of firecrackers and then, um, you know, the bottle oh, rockets, God. fucking, you know, thunder bombs. I used to sell packs of firecrackers, 25 cents. And then when I was 13 or 14, selling joints, and so I used to sell to the prostitutes in all of my neighborhood. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I always, I always think this is crazy. But you know, I go out with girls afterwards, and and you know, you're young, you're like, oh, how do you lose your virginity? And and um, I actually lost my virginity to a prostitute in an alley for the yeah. Yeah. Line skips. You know the alley down line skips after yeah. McCullough's. And the uh, yeah, just so it was it was a uh, my first um my first experience as a as a as a kid was uh was um yeah with a prostitute. It was a business transaction. And um, you know, that might have shaped a way of of, of yeah. my thinking for my later years that um that you know everything is, is uh everything is everything is business and, and maybe that helped me maybe that helped me in some ways you know because um you know when it comes down to it you know every yeah. everything is somewhat of a of a of a business <laughs> transaction <laughs> you know in life and um you know going through that um going in and out of, of dys and escaping and then going to jail when i was 17 years old 
in an adult in an adult jail. Um, you know, you 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 see kids now, and and um, and you think you you want to warn them. Like once you get a felony on your record, it does mm-hmm. screw you up. I mean. You know, in a way, it, it was good that I that I had that hustle that I, I was always trying to make a dollar, whether it was, you know, shining shoes, mm-hmm. whether it was selling a pack of firecrackers or it was selling joints. And then then when I was 17, I started, you know, selling cocaine and um, I sold I sold a lot of cocaine and um, and made money, you know, but um, I, I'd spend the money as fast as I'd make it, you know, yeah. unfortunately. And I still <laughs> I still kind of have that trait where I. And I still do have that trait where I, I spend money, you know, uh, um, you know, I, I probably should save more money, you know, um, but, you know, I also I'm also realize, you know, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And, um, you know, I read somewhere once where, um, you know, you know, you can't take it with you. And uh, what was it? Somebody said to me once, they said, uh, you know, that guy over there, he's going to be the richest guy in the cemetery. And, you know, that stuck with me, you know. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, I I know guys like that that have a lot of money. And and I tell them, you know, live your life, man. Live your life. You're getting older. And, and you know, none, none of it matters. You know, I, I went through some stuff this past weekend where a friend of mine died, you know, relatively young. You know, I mean, a little older than me. Not, not young, but... You know how he died was was very very um it's one of the worst ones i've ever seen i've seen a lot of death and uh it was a tough one i don't want to you know it's depressing to talk about death right who the fuck wants to talk about death but my point is um you know you never know you never know you know this could be over in any 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 moment you know so so i i i just try to i try to balance it out i, I did a lot of bad in my life and i you know i, I try to help people and I try to enjoy myself at the same time. I know there's some things, there's some things I did that, you know, there's um, there's no taking back. But I, I, I try to, um, like a friend of mine once said, he goes, you're just trying to break even, you know, all the stuff you did. You know, you're trying to do good stuff now to break even. And uh, and uh, that might be the case, you know, that might be the case. But uh, I don't know if I'll ever break even. But I, you know, you know, these days, you know, I try to... Um, I wake up, I try not to hurt another person today. I don't want to argue with people. I mean, I was not, when I say hurt another person, I don't mean like physically, I was never some tough guy. Like I said, when I was younger, I boxed a little, but you know, I was never known like, oh, you know, he's just badass. I mean, yeah, right, fight. But I mean, you know, hurt someone like, um, like selling drugs, for instance, you know, selling somebody, I used to, I used to justify it, you know, if, if, um, if they don't get it off me, they'll get it off someone else, Paul. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And uh, and I I use that a lot in my life, but uh, you know I realize you know you know I'm not helping people by selling them coke or selling them perks. I know I know everything's different now. Like like Paul's struggling with some stuff now, and it's all it's all fentanyl. I tell him, you know, you don't know what you're doing anymore, and, and he's a miracle just to be alive because he's he's been he's been going through some stuff lately, and. Um, and you know you see it on the news every day. This the fentanyl's and everything. It's in the Xanax. It's in the Adderalls. It's uh, you, I, I saw a thing. It was in some edibles. In, in a it was in a um, it was in a um, dispensary. Yeah. In like Detroit, they they raided it. They tested all the edibles. It was fucking fentanyl, and the it's edibles. Right. Right. Yeah, it Call is. It is. You know. So it's um, it's it's a game of Russian roulette out there now. You know and. Uh, 
it's when I see that, when I see some kids, you know, hear about some kid overdosing or some kid dying that did a couple of lines of coke, I'm like, you know, that's just not even fear. Like what what sick fuck would put, you know, fentanyl yeah. and cocaine, but you know, they're doing they're putting it in the crack too, right? Yeah. They yep. put the fent how do you know when it's in the crack? Like when you cook it, don't cook it out. It's, 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 uh, it just makes you addicted. Yeah. It just makes you fiend for it more. Yeah. Yeah, so you've done that. You've done. How do you know? You just don't even know, right? Yeah, you, you don't it. really know. But you, but you get a habit, right? Yeah, you get sick the next day. That's how I got. That's why I went and did the dope. Yeah, today. Yeah. Because you do the yeah. Because it's 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 um, it's crazy how how they could, you know, when I when I was younger, growing up, you had you had your dope fiends that would do heroin, and you had your your crackheads, right? Yeah. You know, they were either geeked out, running around, all paranoid, or they were, you know, nodding out, itching their nose. And as people see, if you've gone down Methadone Mile or you go through Lowell, where, where we live, and you see all these people out in the street, it's like, you know, people say like Night of the Living Dead or Zombie. It, it is. I don't I don't know. Well, I, I do know what they're putting in it, you know, this fentanyl and trank and whatever. But, I mean, you see, you know, it's 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 just fucking, it's bad news, you know, and um. That's why, you know, when, when I first got sober, that's why I wanted to open a sober house and, and help other guys like me because I was considered a lost cause, you know. And I um, probably blackout all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, you know. So, Polly here, we were, because of my Snapchat, my Snapchat used to be crazy. Everyone would, when, um, one time I put his phone number out there on my Snapchat story. I'm <laughs> <laughs> talking to the microphone. How many phone calls you get? Probably like four or five hundred a day for weeks. <laughs> they were calling up one of the morning girls. What are you wearing? Remember? <laughs> it was nuts. So I'm, um, Paulie, I'm taking him like, I went to, um, UMass Amherst, shout out UMass Amherst, uh, the Blonnie. What a, what a good time. I mean, that. have you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah. The Blonnie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my, it's it's madness, yeah. right? I mean, I've never seen anything <laughs> like that in my the, – this this apartment complex is just all parties. And it's like a it's like a gigantic St. Paddy's Day festival, you know, the Blonnie. And um, I, I went there with Paulie Black and, and they, you know, the, the kids were not. So it, it was great, you know. And I used to I used to tell Paulie, I used to say, Paulie, man, you know, it started out with Snapchat. Then the Instagram started getting big and then they deleted it. But I used to say, you know, this might turn into something, Paulie. Stick around. Stick around. Say, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's not going to. Right. But I used to say, Paulie, fucking stick around. This might turn into something. And um. And we go up there and he's he's got kids, you know, signing his shirts and 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 he's giving his autograph and you know, he's asking me think, how do you spell this or that? Like black, right? So they're all looking, <laughs> right? They're, they're like, what the fuck? Like 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 it's an Abbott and Costello routine, but I'm like, no, so I'm telling him and he's signing the shirt. So we go somewhere else. I forget what other I'm in Tufts. Went somewhere else and and like a week later, he's going to his, um, I don't know if it was a court-ordered psychiatrist. Who was that psychiatrist yeah, downtown? Yeah. By Kennedy's Butter and Eggs there? Yeah, um, from court-ordered. Yeah, speaking the microphone. Yeah, from court-ordered. Yeah, court-ordered. So I pick him up one day and he's like, so I'm telling my um, I'm telling my counselor that, um, you know, we go to these colleges and these kids all, you know, they take pictures with me and they, you know, they have me autograph their shirts and, and, uh, and they all take pictures with me. And I'm looking at him and he says, I don't think she believes me. 
I'm, I'm in the truck dying. I'm saying, Paul, you like you lived in a tent for four years, right? She deals with the hardcore addicts, and you're in there telling them you're going on this this college tour where all these kids are lining up and taking pictures with you, and uh, and have you want to grab their shirts? I'm like, of course she doesn't believe you. You fucking nut, you know. So so I sent him a bunch of videos of all the stuff we did, and he went back in there and, and he showed her. You yeah, know? the lady ended up knowing a bean shooter. She know who I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I remember when that happened. I was like, "This is this is unbelievable." You know, it's it's special. So, you know, it, it's it's a unique thing too. You know that um, I have these guys around me that I that I've had around me my whole life, like these characters that I always have around me. You know, and um, and the, and the kids love love Paulie Black for some reason. So I, I had these shirts made up with show with the Tinder. What does it say, Tinder? Three miles away, Polly Black. That's his. That's his mug shot. When it when someone comes in the sober house, I get the Polaroid night. I take the picture. We put it up on a on a board. You know all the pictures. So that was that was one of his um that was one of his pictures when he came back. So hopefully I'm gonna be taking your picture in a couple of weeks if you stay in detox this time. All right, because you get a lot of guys rooting for you. People message me. I haven't talked to him for a couple of months because he's been out there and he's on the highway near the sober house with the sign. He's, you know, so I stop all the time and, you know, talk to him and say, Paul, you know, you're going to die out there, you know. And and just today I grabbed him because I was there was no, I was trying to get him uh, into the Gavin Gavin Foundation in Quincy. Um, Gavin's originally out of South Boston, the Gavin house, but they own a lot of detoxes now. And I was trying to get him a bed there. My friend Brian Goodman works. Um, for a place, what's the place out in uh, Danvers? Not Danvers Detox, the other one. Uh, I, uh, I can't think of it, but he works there and he he helps a lot of addicts also get beds. So I was calling him and, and there's no beds today, but I'm, I, um, I'm trying to get him to hang in there. I'm hoping I get a call, you know, tonight or in the morning and, and get him in there because, uh, like I said, when I was with him today, all day, people saw him on my story. People have seen you on my Instagram and, and my Snapchat. And the, so many people message me, is he back? Is he back in the soap house? Is he doing good? Is he doing good? Like, people are rooting mm -hmm. for you, you know? I, I mean, like I said to you before, how many, who do you got out there for family or any friends, really? You know? Only one friend, you. Well, there it is. And that's what happens when we get older, right? There's, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, the, 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 the friends you have, what do they say? You can count, if you can count, uh, whatever it is, three mm -hmm. fingers or whatever the thing is. But the, the point is, right, there's not too many people that are friends and family. And uh, as you get older, you start losing them and people start getting tired of it, you know, and they don't give a fuck anymore. And, um, you know, that's the worst is being out there and not having anybody, not having anybody that cares mm -hmm. about your, uh, or wants to see you do good, you know? And uh, at the end, I didn't really have anyone, you know, I have my father and uh, it was St. Patty's Day, 2013. And um, he come home the other day, he goes, you remember that day? Cause it was 10 years, I haven't, you know, done drugs or drank or done anything, you know? And uh, I was like, no, cause I was, I was fucked up. And he's like, I come home from the bar early and my father goes to the bar seven days a week. He also goes to the gym at 4.30 in the morning, seven days a week. So he's a, he's a unique guy, right? He's 80 years old and he still works all like an animal and goes to the bar and drinks beers every day. And he said, uh, I come home early and I heard a bang and I went up and you were on the floor and I had a belt around my neck. I had it. I tried to fucking, I tried to buy the farm. I tried to hang myself, right? So um, I was like, no, I don't remember. He's like, well, I, I fucking remember, you know? And, and the next morning, um, 
one of my closest friends, Mickey Ward, um, got me on a plane and got me down to Florida and uh, got me into a detox down near the Florida house. And right outside of Boca, it's in Deerfield Beach. And um, the point I was getting at was my father was basically all I had left at that point. He was the only one still there, still there for me. And, um, and basically loyal to a fault, you know, my old man. He should have. Yeah, <laughs> he should have cut me to the crib. He should have kicked me in the crib a long time ago, my father. You know, and and he stuck by me. But you know, there's like I said, there's not many people that you know, and it, it's it's kind of a unique thing for you where you got people that that are rooting for you. You know, yeah. you know, especially you know, I mean, he'd be on. He'd tell me he's on the on the side of the highway with the sign, and people are like, calling me Polly Black, <laughs> <laughs> yelling Polly Black and giving him money, and uh, yeah. you know, so. All the time. And uh, he got mad at me once. He's like, I'm not Polly Black anymore. <laughs> he was telling people not to call him that. You know, he was, yeah, he had a little hair across his ass. It was something I did. You know what I mean? He gets mad at me once in a while. But, you know, that's what real friends do. They tell, they tell you like it is, Paul. You know what I mean? When, yeah. I, when I tell you like it is, sometimes you don't want to hear it. Just like I wouldn't want to hear it, you know, when some of that shit would happen with me, you know? Wow. So, um, dumb and dumber up there, huh? Dumb and dumber. Dumb and dumber. And Willie Nelson? Wow, you got a little setup here. Oh, Polly Walnuts. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit. I mean, I, you know, when I when I did this tonight, I didn't – I wasn't even going to have a guest. And I said, you know what? I grabbed him today and you texted me. And I said, I'm going to bring Polly in, you know, because I don't want to just try to – Oh, I'm gonna bring in this guy or you know that guy. Yeah. I tried to no, I'm just gonna come in and just just uh just keep it real. You know? And um Paul, you got a lot of guys rooting for you, and I know you're gonna do it. You know, you're gonna do it this time. You gotta you gotta bite the bullet when you're in detox, you can't leave. Yep. All right. Yep. So we're gonna I get told you will. Yeah, you gotta stay there and I, you know, I'll bring you cigarettes and whatever you need. And uh we gotta we gotta get fucking Paulie back on track, you know. And uh what else? Um, what else do I got going on? I got a couple, um, a couple of things going on where um, a, a production company reached out to me and wants to develop a reality, a reality show about me and the guys in my sober house. So that's um, they just finished making a sizzle reel, and then they gotta <clears throat> they gotta try to pitch it to um, to you know a bunch of networks. They they show them the sizzle reel and. Uh, like the company said to me that that did it is um, they do um, 10 to 12 shows a year and only two get green lighted for TV. So we'll see. I mean, I like to think, you know, I, I'm not a big TV guy. The last few years, I'm, you know, I'm constantly doing something, running around. I, I got a construction business and I, I got a massage place and I, I got the sober houses. So I kind of got a lot of stuff going on. So I'm pretty much on the move if I'm... Um, I'm either in my truck or I, I go home basically to sleep. So I don't, I don't, you know, my daughter's been trying to get me to watch Shameless forever. So I actually just watched uh, <clears throat> three episodes of that. And I'm like, this is what my fucking daughter was watching when she was 12. I've been like, all right. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's pretty good. But but my my point of the matter is I'm looking and seeing what they get off of reality TV. And it's fucking trash, right? So, like, it was like when I first had the interview with this company, I was like, you know, I don't know much, but I know this much. 
you know, I'm more interested in my friends are more interested than in some fucking asshole shooting alligators in a boat or uh, some guy digging for gold. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I can fucking you can take that <laughs> to the bank. You know what I mean, Wally? Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, uh, maybe the masses wouldn't want to see it. I don't know. But I mean, I'm looking at what's on TV and I'm saying, how could they not? How could they not take this? You know? So, you know, hopefully that, hopefully that takes off, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the podcasts go, same thing. I don't watch a lot. Of, I don't watch a lot of podcasts. Basically, watch none. Mm-hmm. How many do you watch, Paul? None. None. <laughs> you gonna watch this one? Yeah, I'll I will watch this one. What? I will watch this one. All right. How's he gonna watch it? What, what, what's it gonna be on? Throw it on YouTube. It'll be on iTunes, Spotify. Oh snap, Paul! YouTube. You know what YouTube is, right? Yeah. All right, all right. So we got you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Paulie watching that on YouTube. How long does it take to get it up and running? Uh, once we get the first episode, we can have everything up and running by next week, and then after that, episodes can start coming out almost the day after. Oh, good shit, good shit. Then we can. Uh, I've been trying to, you know, I went down to Columbia, got my teeth done, as you can see, and um, I, I'm trying to get Paulie to get his passport, but he's been. Um, He's been MIA the last few months, but uh, I think he's finally, um, you know, they say you got to hit bottom and this and that. I think he's finally at the point, you know, where he's like, you know, this isn't any fun. Not that it's any fun to begin with. Maybe the first time, first couple of times you get high, it might be fun. But once you've been through the ringer, you know, you know, once you do it, you're like, maybe it's like a guy who hasn't drank in, you know, three, four years. Right. Then he goes in the bar and he has a beer. It might taste good going down. You get that buzz. And then after a few your mind saying, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? It's it's like the fun's gone, you know, because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, man, am I, you know, am I going to end up yeah. back in jail? Am I going to, you know, end up back in detox? Am I this or that? So like they say, once you've been through, you know, rehab and treatment or or whatever, whatever the case may be, prison, duty or, you know, substance abuse and alcohol, you know, if you if you if you get some sober time and you, you get high, you drink you know, the fun's gone. You know, I'm not going to say you're not going to have a good time, but, you know, you're going to be thinking. You're going to be thinking, you know, this isn't going to end well. And uh, it very rarely does end well, you know. So uh, we're all rooting for you, Paulie. And um, we're going to get you in there tomorrow. And, uh, you know, be fucking careful tonight because I don't want to hear, you know, (laughs) you know, like I said, you know, that fentanyl's and everything. And and it's it's fucking, it's a dangerous, dangerous game, you know. And uh, they need you back at the Blani this year. You know, they need, they need you at the Blani. Remember the kid dancing with the kilt? Yeah. Remember he had the little dress? The yeah. kid dancing around? That was, that was great. I got I to gotta dig that video out and uh, and repost it. Um, I had some videos on my Instagram while you were gone go viral, like crazy viral. I had one. Um, did I show it to you, the drone? Uh, maybe. No, I had one where there was a cop had a drone. He was flying it outside the window. Looking in, I'm like, well, this is what I'm like every time I do a shot of Coke. I think the cops are out here. And, <laughs> yeah. and the thing went crazy. It went <laughs> 8 million views on my Instagram. So then since then, a lot of them have been getting a million, two million, million. It's It's really been spinning out of control. So I got to try to capitalize on, on this as you should as well, Paul. We need you. I need my, I need my trusty sidekick, <laughs> you know? It's like... Um, I'm going to date myself here. Gilligan's Island. You know, you guys can Google that. You know, there was the <laughs> skipper, right? And he had Gilligan. It was like, it was his, his little trusty <laughs> sidekick, Polly, you know? So we need your back. We need your back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see how this podcast thing goes. We'll uh, we'll come mm-hmm. back. I'll have another guest. How, what, how, how often do I do this thing? Once a week? 
Shall yeah, we a couple weeks? Week, yeah. All right. We'll bring in Dickie. I'll bring in Uncle Dickie next <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <There> you <laughs> go. Dickie and Paulie's got some stories. But, yeah, Dickie Eklund. We'll bring in Dickie next week, all right? Dickie, if you're watching, you're the guest next week, my friend. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's all for now. I hope I didn't fucking talk your ear off here. And uh, I want to thank you, man. Thanks for helping me out and filming this stuff. Paulie Black. You got this, all right? Yep. All right, man. You know... This just a real nigga shit, your real nigga story, you know what I'm saying? This beat is so, so rich. Punch like a bunch of narcotics. There we Pull up in a new robbery. Living like you got it. Come on. Chopping bricks like a rabbit.